we cue the Will Smith Miami song? I was about to say, welcome to Miami. Hey, man. Uh, so I'm really excited for this race. I think I'm a little bit more excited than I am usual. I know usually I say I'm only excited during race day, but I've been on record saying I'm not a fan of street circuits because they're not. it doesn't feel like it's a real race. Now, this race, though, this street circuit looks like it's got some racing in it. Looks very fast. And it also looks like there's some extremely challenging corners. Yeah, that technical, like, 11 through 16, mm-hmm. that is That's very tough. technical. Like, slow. It's slow, it's technical, and, like, I think it's going to obviously... I mean, I think we underestimate how difficult it is to execute those moves and not make a mistake so you come out of the corner fast. Like, I think that the normal average human being underestimates that's what makes a good driver of how fast you can come out of that corner. Or that, those, those series of corners. I mean, I think... Slash Not only are we excited and there's so much to unpack, the track is fast, it's challenging, it's going to be so hot, the tire deg is going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big part, obviously, strategy. I think this track's got a little bit of everything. It's got I'm a very surprised it's not a night track because of the heat. Yeah, but, like, Miami's not alive in the nighttime like, like that for Formula One. Yeah, I mean, fair, but you know what I mean. It's, like, it's going to be hot, bro. It feels like, it feels like a, a kind of Australia type of thing, right? What do you think track temp's going to be? I want to say 50, 45, it's 50. It's going to be high 40s, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this track's got a little bit of everything. Like, we've watched a bunch of on... Well, I know you've watched one, but I've watched a bunch of onboard videos. But it's got the high-speed corner. It's got, obviously, the technical chicane. And it's got three potential DRS zones. We don't know if we have for sure, but there's three nice long straights. One of them is 1.2 kilometers. That is... That's fast. That's, that's long. I mean, I think... That should, right there, should allow for a lot of overtakes. It should allow for a lot of overtakes. But even, like, the high-speed corner, like, even the first turn, the first turn is set up to be doomed for, like, someone's going off track because you're going into the straight and you're going to the into the corner. And it's like, I don't know. And then you go into the kind of the, the bends. So it's going to be a fun track, man. It's like, going to be a lot of I fun. I could be wrong. It's we could be wrong, but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Situated in Miami Gardens, around Hard Rock, around, like, the new tennis complex, like, it is all, everything leading up to it, there's been so much anticipation, so much hype. This has been one of the most aggressively marketed tracks on the circuit. So yeah, we can talk about that, right? So anybody that listens to our podcast knows that I don't really care about what goes around. I just care about the race weekend. But it has been very interesting to see, like, obviously, Miami's been hyped up so much. You see Pierre Gasly and Michael Jordan. You see... Lewis Tom Hamilton. Brady. Yeah, like you just see all these things going on, and I don't really care for those things. Lewis care billboards about everywhere. Yeah, so when I was in Miami, I obviously saw all that stuff, but it's very interesting to see how much the city is pumping into this event. And obviously, you hear about guys like David Grootman. He was talking about it from years ago because this has been planned since 2017, 2018, right? So it's a long time in, in, in I guess, waiting, but it's going to be a great weekend. I think stars are going to show out. It should be a great race. Just Potentially looking at it, I guess what we will have to wait till qualifying, but it's gonna be looks like it'll be a good race. A lot of money that's gonna be circulating through Miami. A lot of money, man. Like I know, obviously we know Michael Jordan's there. He had dinner with Pierre Gasly. I'll tell you right now, you know we said this on the last pod. Like you guys were recording Miami. Thank God it wasn't this week because I looked at the hotel prices. (laughs) (laughs) Not fresh. Yeah, that would have been crazy. What's the hotel prices looking like? There's hardly any availability. It's you know, anywhere from fifteen hundred on the low end to four or five thousand. Woo! That's not pretty. Not pretty at all. <laughs> Yo, it's it's crazy what 
F1 does for a city because if you just look at the calendar and go to those dates in that respective city, the hotel prices are stupid. I think it's like any major event though, right? But obviously F1's a little bit more special. An NBA game does an NBA finals game doesn't necessarily peak it, it doubles hotels. prices, but it doesn't like quadruple prices or 10 times prices. Montreal is stupid. Yeah. Which we'll have to get into. Austin, Texas, stupid. We'll have to get into like the kind of the economics of that, what that looks like one episode. But um, you want to jump into Mercedes comments? I don't know if I should take it with a grain of salt. Well, well before um, we do that, I mean, Toto did say a couple of days ago before obviously today's comments that you might have to sacrifice some of the technology, science, because maybe some of it just doesn't work. Then he comes out today and says, well, we found direction on how to improve it. So he said it's like the Da Vinci code. All they got to do is find the key. Yeah. And they, they, they feel like they found traces to the key. Right. So you said they, you know, really they had to find it by Monaco. So if they find it by Miami. That's good. Yeah. The thing is, too, is like, I think I think we underestimate how much goes into a car. And, you know, I was reading a bunch of comments and I think everybody knows this, but the first person to actually win the floor, no team's actually figured out the floor yet. Because you got to understand, teams are still bouncing. Oh, everyone Until is. Until people don't bounce, nobody's actually got the key. Because once you bounce, stop bouncing, you can lower the car as much as you want. Dude, like Ferrari has, in Australia, was bouncing disgusting. The difference is they can control their bouncing, for right? For sure. That's different. But it's still not comfortable for drivers. Oh, for sure. What but did George say? George, like, George was in pain. Yeah, he has a lot of neck and uh, he has to get a lot of uh, work done on him after. But in the reality of the situation is that no team's figured out the floor yet. So the first team to actually figure out the floor where they can drop it to the absolute bottom of it is going to win this this season, mostly, most likely, in my opinion. Obviously, Red Bull and Ferrari are ahead, but like you, you got you got it's still a wide open race because if you figure this, out the floor first, I mean, you figured out it's that is why this season still has so much ahead of it because we are in the first year of a new era. Ferrari came out and has been perfect, but. To stay perfect, you need to continue to elevate and figure that out. They obviously still have to figure out their floor. And if they don't, then they'll not only fall, but they'll get passed. Well, well, that's if nobody else figures out the floor. But all that being said, we're only 15% into a season. Like pe- Bro, people underestimate the fact that we're only four races in. There's 23 races docked. We realistically think there'll be 22. So we're 15% uh, of, of the season completed. So... Like I said, Monaco. Monaco is about the 25% mark. That's what I'm on. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I I'm think really that's fair. That. I think it's just there's been when you are really looking at this season under a microscope, it feels so much more critical because you're invested into it. And then me as a Mercedes fan, like Imola was just gut-wrenching because it was so painful as a, as a fan. But well, as a Lewis fan, George had a... Yeah, George had, but still, I mean, you want to see both silver arrows on the top, man. You want to see them on the podium. No, for sure. Um, I did want to just, before we forget about it, on the whole porpoising thing, it also just shows you, like, what normal individual can cruise at that speed while bouncing with the Gs. Like, it, you got to be in incredible race shape. Yeah, I mean, listen, F1 drivers are a different breed. They're obviously... But you you could see pass those, out. I mean, you see those that excruciating neck exercise they do and stuff like that. They obviously get risk accidents. Like when you get into an accident, you must be really sore. Um, and you know, they're going 300 kilometers an hour into, into fast corners, which I want to talk about like that Miami fast corner. 
after the bends, bro, that is going to be so fun to watch. And that's where you have to be as a racer. You have to also trust the science that you can push the 300 into that corner to the absolute limit and know that your car will be able to handle it. My only thing too is like, it goes back to the argument. It's like, can any, can not anybody, but do F1 drivers require just a lot of hard work? Or is it more of a natural ability? I think you need to have natural instincts. You need to be able to have legitimate reflex. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if you can train. Some individuals can't train themselves into that. But my thing is like, well, let's say like a Checo, right? Not the greatest driver, but like. Could, but maybe his instincts. But I'm saying like, could, could, could a normal human being work hard for 20 years of his life and just become as good as Checo. Like that's the great you, thing about well, F1. You don't I want to, let's put it on blast for a second. Um, no knocks against the Nikita Mazepin, but sure he paid his way into F1, but it's not like the guy didn't grind his whole lifetime and he still wasn't well, he a good did, F1 driver. But, but that's my point though. It's like, is Nikita Mazepin actually that talented? Like, okay, let's use, let's use a better example. Because Nikita, let's use a better example. You know, Nikita. worked hard, let's but use he's Let's use Juvenazzi. Okay, decent F1 driver, right? Is he actually that talented when it comes to reflexes and hand-eye coordination? Or did he just study race and train to be an athlete where he could do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it, is that's the, the difference between, I think, a Max and a Lewis or a Michael but that's Schumacher what I'm saying. and so can your, everyone else. Can your average Joe that actually no. trained for 20 years, I'm talking about like actually like from birth, from like 10 years old trained, could anybody really get there? No, right? I think to be a great, you have to have some God-given ability. Okay, that's fair. I think you do have to have some of it. I don't. Because I think it's like thirty percent God-given ability, though. I I really think just based on what I've read, listened, consumed on a guy like Nikita, that guy grinds yeah. and paid his way in, and then was spinning out, couldn't control the car. Yeah. You look at it this year, and you look at a guy like Joe. He has some natural ability because there are other drivers that can't keep the car. So on the put track. the number percentage. How much of his natural ability? And how much is it hard work? I think um, I'm going 30, 90% 70. is hard uh, hard work and 10% is, that's the okay, difference. Okay, that, that's, I'm 30% of it's natural given talent. I'm 30% is natural, 70% is hard work. That's how okay. I kind of feel about it. I was going 90, 10. I, th- I feel like we're not that far apart. <laughs> we're not. But um, I want to talk with you about this quickly too. So I didn't listen to Alex Albon yet. Definitely on my list to listen to. But read an article today that he said, Max likes the car at the absolute limit at the front on its nose. And we harp on it a lot, but it just shows you how special Max is because we're talking about natural given talent. But he just said it is a a disaster to be Max's teammate because the way he likes the car is not the way most people drive. That's why any casual who says they're in the same car is just stupid. It's not the same car. The same car can be configured so many different ways. They are in the same equipment. It's just configured differently. But the setup... But the setup is based on the driver. Listen, we can both get in the same car, but the way that your seat is and the steering wheel is and all but, the rest the, of it but, is but different. But the thing is that you have the same performance. How you how you drive is a little different. And that's where right? the human ability impacts. But racing. that's the thing. Is like I, I think when someone says they have the same car, it means that they have the same piece of equipment. It's just who's the better driver in that car. Like Lewis and George have the same car. It's how they configure the car. For sure. And the but, setups but the, that they run. But you have to put that on the driver. They're the one that gets to ask for the configuration. For sure. Right? So... At the same time, it's like, I don't know. But and you also can't spend the entire season maneuvering setups because every single race, you're losing time. You so got to yeah, yeah. so, settle so, into one and master so that's, it. So that's different too. Like, 
who's the car configured to? We know at Red Bull, the initial car is Max Verstappen built. Now how you configure the Checo is over the year. But uh, I think like someone like Ferrari, they built the car for its best performance, not based around Charles or Carlos. I think Mercedes, probably 70% Lewis, 30% George's input. Like there's different things to it, but I think like it's 100% for Max. Like there's not even a question. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd probably be 100% for Lewis too, man. I don't think so. I think Mercedes is a little bit smarter than that. Okay. Because they want constructors champions. And I, and I also think Lewis's driving style is a little bit more standard than Max. Because Max is just on the limit at all times, if that makes sense. But I did want to say this before we change to actually back, get back to Miami. Did you see what Adrian Newey said? Mm-mm. He said that Max was a bit naughty <laughs> last what? year. He said it was a bit naughty and silly. I, I don't know if it was silly or naughty, but I saw a headline. He did say that Brazil was stupid and he was just silly in Saudi Arabia last year. It's very interesting to see not Christian Horner, but the technical director say that Max was an idiot at these races when Christian just justified all his moves. Christian justified (laughs) madness. Yeah. We know that. Christian's just an idiot, but we can move on from Red Bull um, in terms of just last year and that stuff. So Miami GP, we're both excited. It's going to be a great race from what we think. Great track. Obviously, it's going to be hyped. Um, I really hope we can build that quota. I don't know if it can because it's more touristy, transity. But um, who's your first, who's your pick for qualifying? Let's get into it. This year is so difficult to make these Oh, this this is an easy choice. There's only one choice here. I mean, I think it's got to be Max. Yeah, like here's the facts. I got Max too. Here's the reason why. And tell me if you agree. What car is the fastest down long straights this year? Obviously, the Red Bull. Who's the best technical driver in the in, in, in a competitive car? I mean, it's obviously Max. And this is a very technical course. Yeah, like with a fast and Max track. will push it. And th- it's also a longer tra- like lap times. They say are going to be about a minute thirty five. Yeah, it's long. But here's the flip side. We say that for qualifying. I don't know if the Red Bull finishes this race. I think the I think the Red Bull. I think not just Red Bull. There are going to be issues not just with tires, but overheating. Yeah, that's my whole thing. I don't know if the Red Bull finishes Red Bull race. might just And let's remember, one, three, now it's race five. They've had issues on every odd number. So, you know, if history repeats itself, we may have an issue with the Red Bull oh again. My God. But I do have Max Verstappen as my winner for, as for my pole position this weekend. Yeah, but also why I say, like, it's so unpredictable this year is because we don't know what to expect. Teams are making changes. Obviously... I expect the Ferraris and the Red Bull to be at the top. Mm-hmm. But where where will Mercedes figure out? Or what will we see through practice? They're going to get three practice sessions. So, A, I do think this track doesn't favor Mercedes. I hope it does. But for some reason, I just have an odd feeling it doesn't. They're porpoising, obviously. They can't control it. I mean, corners. down a 1.2 kilometer straight, I can just see them bouncing. <laughs> yeah. But remember, they're going to configure it for more downforce, this track. Um, it's going to be a very interesting weekend. I don't know what happens in the mid-pack because, you know, Alpine's had very strong points, but then the cars look weak at times. Obviously, McLaren has picked it up. Um, I do expect a good weekend on Alpha Tori. I will say I think Alpha is coming with a good weekend. I just have an odd feeling. And I think Alpha Romero will have a good weekend as well. I think those two mid-pack teams will probably outperform a lot of mid-pack teams. Man, it's funny, like, what happened to Alpine? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. I... I think this is a big weekend for them. This is a big weekend to kind this of turn is, their momentum. We've said a big year for them, and 
they came out, they've shown these flashes of having an incredibly fast car and then the reliability with just random pieces falling off the car. Like, I mean, listen, his car got bumped. That was that, but then the other race with Alonso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I hear you. It's just like Alpine... There's some serious questions, man. It's, it, they've had very high highs, or very they've had bright spots and they've had very ne- uh, dull spots. And right? I mean, so Alonso also said like he's going to continue to race as long as he thinks he's better than most of the drivers on the track. I mean, he's better than most of the drivers yeah, on the track. He is. You know what the crazy thing is though? Like, he's still better than Esteban. Oh, for sure. So it's like, why is Alpo? I I, I, I don't think Esteban's going to be there next. But year. we had this conversation before. I don't know why Esteban's in that seat. They've got Oscar as the backup. I think Esteban locked in long term, though. I think he's signed up till 2024. So, and Alonso comes up next year. So I think you, we can expect Ocon for at least another two years in an Alpine seat. But um, we're going to give some airtime to a team we don't talk about anymore since George Russell left. You're a little bit more of a fan of Alex, right? I, I'm... Uh, you, say like I like Alex. Sure. You like Alex, yeah. I mean, listening to him, you you gain a little for bit sure. more appreciation. I, I respect him. it. He he talked about how Red Bull kind of he feels like he wasn't given a fair chance. What is what does Albon's weekend look like to you? You think he has a strong showing? He has looked good over the last couple of races. Like he he's seemed been, to pick it up a little bit. He's been doing well, man. Um, I Just, mean, I think obviously he's going to beat his teammate. You think he gets into Q two? No, man. I don't think the Williams gets into Q two. Here's my hypothetical question. Would George Russell be able to get this Williams car in Q2? Oh, man. I mean, based on history, yeah. Mr. Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> but the worst thing about that nickname is like, you don't want to be called Mr. Mr. Saturday. Saturday. You want to you be, called be called Mr. Mr. Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like, we might as well call Valtteri Bottas Mr. Saturday as well. Bro, Valtteri, I saw enjoying a little bike rides in Arizona. Like, all the drivers got to the U.S. pretty early and have kind of made their way to Miami. <laughs> Man, okay, let's let's get into that because that's obviously something to talk about. Obviously, Danny Rick's gone on record. Lewis said it's great for the sport. They love the U.S. growth. I mean, guys like Yuki, every driver have said this is going to be a great track. How much do you think this... I know we asked you the question now, but after we kind of see it come to life, does this at least grow the American viewership in the immediate future? For sure. I think it is too because I told you I, I thought it would take a while because remember I said it's not like a Kota. It's really hype, but I feel like it is it is pushing When the right you direction. have the power of money, you can do anything. I just think- They have th- partnerships with the NBA. Okay, And wait, the wait. NBA is promoting it. I got you. Other than the fake water, I don't think they've done anything wrong yet. Yeah, the fake water, everyone, everyone's comments, this is the cheap Why they just put, You know what? We, we heard about it, but Miami's, what do you want to call them? Residences, yeah, they weren't happy with the race. I mean, you know, it's typical residence. You want to build a high rise, everyone has a problem. You want to put in a new track, like yeah. it's just you know, you know, it's just the there's like the it two would, that wanted like complain. It would have been it. so cool if they could have actually put in like water pond, like actually make because if you're gonna get rid of Monaco, we did a new Monaco, and what is more Monaco than Miami in America? I mean, it, I mean Vegas. Yeah, but there's no water in Vegas. <laughs> um, but still cool. I mean, I think what they've done, the hype. The anticipation. Americans are talking about it. Uh, I hate how they keep referencing Drive to Survive. It is so Drive to Survive, but I hate how every every single driver says, you know, Drive to Survive was... It's did its part, but you know how I feel about that. And going... Austin, Texas is an incredible venue race, but Austin is a very different America than Miami is. Oh, it's straight America. Like, it's Texas. Texas. Miami... 
is just a different vibe. And now that we have Vegas, when you start to look at the ecosystem in the States, I mean, it's pretty cool. It, it kind of feels like Miami and Vegas are more your destination spots, like a Monaco, a crown jewel, right? Well, Kota will kind of live on to be maybe like a Silverstone type feeling in, in the marathon. And it's an incredible track. Yeah, it's uh, I love Kota. Even like racing on a video game, Kota is such a fun track. There's such great inclines, declines, elevation changes. Where do you think the next great F1 driver comes out of? Kota, Las Vegas, or Miami? First one. What do you mean? Like out of America, out of those three cities, because that's where the three races are. Where does the next great F1 driver from so America? Do you think the next American F1 no, driver? No, no. Which city produces the next F1 driver? Whether it's in ten years or thirty years, probably which are the none three? of those cities. Could be any other no, American. city. I'm saying which one is it going to be? No, I'm not saying the first American driver. I'm saying out of the three destinations we have, I'd probably assume it'd be Kota, man. I would say Kota too, because it's been there longer. But I can see Miami's got the money, bro. Miami's got big. So money. does Vegas, right? But so you you think that our next American driver out of those two cities is from Texas, not Florida sure. or uh, Nevada? Talking about Beyond the Grid, their guest uh, that aired today uh, Who's was it? an American driver. He only raced in five races. Or sorry, I think 15 races, my bad. Um, Did you give it a listen already? Listen to bits of it, and he's now in uh, IndyCar with Grosjean. Okay. He... Uh, it's interesting that they interviewed a guy like that because he had a very bad experience you know, with the sport. America, American driver, you know, yeah, fits the theme. How did you? How do you feel about the actual host of Beyond the Grid? Tom, what's his name? Clarkson. I think Tom Clarkson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan to be honest. I listened to it solely because of the guest. Yeah, it's a guest driven podcast. But I'm saying, but at the end of the day, like he doesn't. Make I don't necessarily movie. like his uh, his style. His you know, everyone's ears are different. But is he well-versed in the sport? And oh, he's, he's a, a genius. No one's taking away any stripes. For sure. But I can't necessarily listen to it. That's my whole point. So just so anybody knows, we're not haters on Tom. It's just, it's kind of difficult for us to listen to. Maybe it's yeah. just because we're, we're, we're on the, the other Western side of the world. globe. Yeah, They're in Europe, you know, but um, no no disrespect to man. He's done a great job with that podcast. The guy's been around the sport for a long time. I don't even subscribe to Beyond the Grid because I just usually click on it, but we've been so busy. So I got to catch up to... Um, Alex? N- uh, Meg and uh, Alex. Meg was good. Alex was good. That's the best thing about Beyond the Grid is you, obviously they have inside access to the drivers. I mean, it's unparalleled. The reality is it's unparalleled access because it is F1 like, hey, we need you on our show. It's your media obligation. The only guy that can say F you is uh, probably Max Verstappen. And By Lewis the Hamilton. way, did you see um, Danny Rick on Trevor Noah? No, I didn't see what happened. So Danny Rick was on the Trevor Noah show yesterday. Okay. And... Um, which is just great. Like he's just is soaking why you love America. it up. But he, you know, Danny's just soaking up being in America. Every he is. Chance he he's gets. soaking it up. I think he was there the, right after. And he's doing the media run. Like Trevor Noah's show is massive, and uh, he was just talking about how much he loves America. He was also talking about the fact that uh, he hated apologizing to Carlos after the race. But he says, you know, there's only 20 of us in the world, and there is a level of respect. And he goes, you know, we all respect our journeys to get here and we understand how valuable this time is and like hearing it come from him maybe because he is a bit older now um he made a mistake so but you know these 20 drivers can't speak for all 20 but i think they really understand that they are on a level that is so yeah i mean elite i think you can speak to i think all of them respect each other because like being an f1 driver there's only 20 in the world like you said um yeah i think what i I actually appreciate what danny did because 
you know, Carlos didn't do anything wrong in that race, and you mess up his whole race when he's competing for a championship. When he he's not that's what Danny said. Run. Yeah, he's like he was competing for championship, and you know what? I hate his guts, Latifi, but he apologized to Lewis too for robbing him of that championship. Right. That so sucks. Uh, ultimately, um, I think Danny was there after Imola. <laughs> Probably hopped on the first flight from Italy to America. Dipped. I mean, Lewis has his nice, beautiful penthouse. In yeah, New he York. was in New York because he was on Good Morning America yeah. at Times Square. I mean, they, um, I think a lot of them have spots in the U.S. Um, it's cool to see George Russell at a Miami Heat game. Then you see him down on South Beach. Like everyone's just enjoying. I don't understand how Pierre Gasly got the Jordan plug. Maybe there's an I think Alpha Tori plug. I, maybe Alpha Tori. Maybe Michael Jordan invested in Alpha Tori. Probably something Who knows, like that. But just unbelievably It's an cool. obligation, bro. Wink, wink. Obligations, fam. <laughs> um, that's why the Palm, the anything, Palm Club exists. <laughs> anything else you want to go over before we give us our predictions? Um, no, man. I'm just... If it's felt like an eternity between races... I think it's because it's, our week has felt like an yeah, eternity, too. But I... This has been one that I've really been looking forward to on the calendar. Yeah, I know you've been excited for a while, and you know I haven't been because I'm like, oh, it's just a hype race. But when you look at the circuit, I've said this many times on this podcast, I am hyped to see what the race looks like. It's it should be, be a great race. Um, so give me your top. Do you want to do top five? Also, top just got to throw this in there. We've talked about the heat. It is also Miami. It is tropical. It could all of a sudden thunder for 10 minutes. Oh, hang on. Speaking of the heat, did you see Jimmy Butler with Lando Norris? Yeah, that's old, though. I know, but that was hilarious. Yeah. He was crying about driving. You've never <laughs> seen that before? Uh, I was just dying. I didn't it's see hilarious. that. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. He was like, oh, my God, you're going so fast. My stomach came out that's of his why, ass. That's why I was like, I'm like, oh, man, Jimmy's probably like wishes he could be there, but he'll be in Philly. <laughs> He'd probably be too scared. But anyways, um, top five or top ten today. What do you want to do? Top five, man. Okay, give me top your top five. five. Quali? Yeah, yeah, I already, I we already both have one up. All right, Max, Charles, um, Carlos, Checo, George. Oh, I got Max, Checo. Red Bulls are too fast. I got to put Checo number two. Okay. This is so against me, but I'm gonna put Carlos before Charles this weekend. Actually, I can't. Charles had a bad weekend. He's gonna bounce back. Charles will be third. Carlos fourth, and I got my boy number five. None other than Mr. Podium last week, Lando Norris. I, listen. I got Lando I Norris. I, I, I dig it. Does, okay, so we'll do this quickly. Who's your dragger of the week? Um, My dragger Lewis of the Lewis can, can be your dragger because no. he finished in the bottom ten. No, no, I, I can never put Lewis in the dragger. He's honestly. a dragger, though. He, he is, <laughs> he is, but I can't make him my dragger. It just goes against my principles. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's my dragger of the week. My dragger of the week is going to be Daniel Ricardo. You can't pick him. He finished like seventh last, last race, didn't he? Um, or did he DNF? No, he didn't. He had a, a he had an D issue. That's right. That's yeah, right. he finished last. So you got Danny Rick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got Lewis Hamilton. Okay. I mean, listen, is there a better pick than Lewis Hamilton? No, it's a great pick. <laughs> it's I just a great can't pick. do it. <laughs> I mean, he finished in the bottom half. Uh, quick notes. Uh, which surprise? Which team makes it to Q3, uh, Q2 that surprises us? If um, you had a gambling Aston pick. Martin. Anybody, uh, is there any surprising Q3 appearances? If you put one driver. Uh, Yuki Sonoda. Is that a surprise for you? Bro, to Q3? Yeah, it is, based on their season. Okay, I, I, I'm i gambling. I've been riding him for a long time. Please don't prove me wrong, as you have 
I got Mick. Mick's going to make a surprise all this weekend. Wow. He's going to make it to Q3. And with that, we out. Peace.